when you don't eat breakfast yeah and then if i like if i take the dog for a walk or something i get really like um sort of like weak and like feeling sort of like ill you get so Um, weak in the knees you can hardly breathe do you lose all control so weak in the knees i can hardly speak um i lose all control Feeling takes over me. Over me. <laughs> Boy, there's something I can't explain. I'm recording this, by the way. Welcome to Not Great. For Nothing with your hosts, Chris and Chris. I did a surprise record because I had to know about your breakfast, Tum Tum. What's going on with your breakfast? You can't, you got to eat three breakfasts or you're going to get sick. Yeah, like I get, I, I think I expel so much like energy and my metabolism runs so crazy high that I have to like eat. If I even doing like the simplest things, like taking a like like taking a dog for a walk. Are you restless sleeper? No, Why I'm, a sand, just, I'm a pretty well. Actually, yeah, I think I do. I think I move a lot. Yeah, you probably do. But I'm a very sound sleeper, so I don't know I'm moving. But usually the sheets are kind of can be all over the place. So you're getting exercise and you're sleepy then. Probably. Um, <laughs> That's why I stay so slim. Yeah, Slender Man. <laughs> I heard uh, I heard somebody last night called uh, Durant the slim the slim man, and I was like, I just like that. That's just a, just like yeah. the slim man. What fuck? Slim man. Yeah. Fuck. What does he want to be? KD, uh, which is ne- still never taken. Um, so so what were your three breakfasts this morning? What did you start with? So like, <laughs> so most mornings I like I'll eat right away. Like I'll I'll pour myself a, like an iced coffee. Obviously, yeah. But then I'll have at least I'll have like a granola bar and a banana. Just get something in. You're you're like a swimmer. What's happening? Who wants to put food in their mouth that early? Like I have to. Otherwise, I otherwise I can't. Like I don't function. I, I I'm weird. I get like I get like um. It's almost like I, I, the only way I can describe it is sort of. I, I I don't. I'm not diabetic. Yeah. But you know, if you don't eat something or you don't get like the proper sugars and you feel sort of like woozy and weak, I guess. And and those those it's literally like, um, never happened to me. Huh? It's never happened to me in my whole life. <laughs> it's weird. I don't. I. But I also like if I sit for too long and then I stand up quickly, I get like lightheaded. Yeah, duh, dude. Anyone does that? Like that's. Really? Maybe, no, but so, like, so I well, guess I actually know that. that they said that happen. like I have a I have like a I have a um like a very a low like resting heartbeat kind of thing. Oh, too. These all seem, is, seem like benefits. These all seem great. You have a high metabolism. Yeah, you've yeah. got a low resting heart. You could live in the. You could live in the cold. You could just <laughs> yeah, go outside probably. and and like bury yourself in snow. You'd be fine. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I, I, I literally think I could hibernate. You could. You just eat a couple <laughs> granola no bars. Fat, but yeah. So what do you? Yeah. So then. So then you're. How long do you wait till your next breakfast meal? Well, that kind of. It kind of. It, it depends on like. Because then if I have to whatever else I'm doing in the morning, if I, I'm doing some other things, or how long I take the dog for a walk. But then usually I'll come back. And then it's like a bowl of granola or cereal with like fruit. Are you um, fucking kidding me? That's insane. That's two yeah, breakfasts. And then like within a half hour after that, I'm sometimes and not always, I'm still hungry. Well, I'll, I'll like make a, like an English muffin or something too then. Dude, that's crazy. And fuck you. It's uh, crazy. What? Do you eat lunch? Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> I mean, I can go at that point, I can go like, it always varies. So sometimes it's like 1 PM and sometimes it's as late as 3 PM. And then I'll have like a sandwich or Right now, like we have leftover chili, so I've been eating like a big bowl of chili every day for lunch. And then, and then dinner. And then I'm starving. Come like five or six o'clock. 
That's crazy. I'm, and that, I'm literally like snacking and eating like spoonfuls of peanut butter just to like satiate my my hunger and appetite, and just then, so I can make it to dinner. And then dinner is like six ish, seven ish, eight ish. Six, seven it depends on what time my wife gets home from okay. work, and then and then you know we're eating whatever else, you know whatever we order or make or something. Is there snacking at the end, or is that that? At the after dinner, sometimes after you know, dinner, like there's ice cream in the summertime, or there's like sometimes there's like cookies or chocolate, but not a lot. Okay. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big like. I'm not a big like sweets dessert guy. Yeah, me neither. Although I do like a night but snack. I'm like it. Dagwood over here. Like I, I'll fucking. <laughs> I would eat an entire sandwich right before bed. I don't want to eat anything until maybe <laughs> 2 p.m. And then I just want to fucking eat everything in the world until I fall asleep. Yeah. Which is the worst kind of way to eat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the right. worst kind. Like, I think that's it, usually like when we do jobs and, and it's like there's a lot of like physical activity. I have to eat like a maniac in the morning before I even get to the get to the job site. Even though sometimes there's like we have breakfast sandwiches and stuff, you know, for the for the crews and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I have to eat because it, like I can't even like I, I can't even start doing anything because I'll, I'll, otherwise I'll just I'll um I'll get like sick in a way. God, it's crazy. What a world. Are you a motion yeah. sickness guy? And then we'll wrap this up. Yep. Absolutely. You are. Huge. I, I knew it. You're, yep. you're the worst. Oh, when I we you're the worst. You're like the kids. literal worst travel partner. Like, yep. uh, oh, you're like, oh, do you pee a lot too? Is that are you a big no, peer? No, okay, no, well then that's no. okay. That's the one thing. I'm like a camel. Good. So it, I get I also so like on airplanes, I will just sit on the plane. I'll fall asleep. I won't move the whole entire plane ride. That's how you, no matter how long it is. That's how you should fly. People yep. that do anything other than maybe order a drink are fucking useless to me. I'm sorry. The people that the people that stand the pee before the plane takes off or right as the plane takes off before you're even at like leveled off cruising altitude. I'm like yeah. how like they make no sense to me. They make no sense to me. I want the seat by the window. I won't want anyone climbing over me. I will promise you I won't climb over you. And I'll just put my head on the window and I'm out. I, I, the place I fall asleep the best is in a window seat minutes before it takes off. I, mm -hmm. It's like a sleep serum for me. I can fall asleep any time of day in that fucking seat for some reason. I don't know why. It's crazy. The minute I get in a car, I get sleepy. And if I'm not driving, <laughs> I will literally, I will just, I will, I will find a comfy sort of position and I'm, I'm out. That's funny. I love the feeling of like trying to stay awake while you're in a car. I love, I actually love watching my wife try to stay awake. It's, it's, it's like brings me great joy to just watch her like fall asleep, wake up, fall asleep, wake up. Just watch her like be in that like great state of like dozing. She's like, it's so fun. I'll like video it. It's fun. It's cute. It's kind of a cute thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I can't sleep in a car because I'm afraid as soon as my mind starts falling asleep, I think we're crashing. Like <laughs> the motion just makes me feel like it's a crash. Mm. So mm. it's like a, it's a nightmare. I'm too. I think that's my wife. She can't fall asleep and she's too nervous though and too agitated being awake and to be a passenger, but she can't fall asleep though either. So it's like, it's the, it's the worst of both worlds. Yeah. That's why I drive everywhere. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I try to get her to drive more. Yeah, because it's just better. Because I don't care. Yeah. She, I don't, I'm not nervous. She's like nervous about everything around us, driving me, the people, the road, like the other cars, like everything just me, makes I've her driven, totally nervous. Well, unless she's driving. I, in her defense, you are Actually, one of the worst drivers too. I've ever met in my entire life. You're terrifying. Driver. You haven't driven with me in like ten years. Okay. <laughs> I've never I, been. I've never been more scared in my life 
than driving with you. I swear, I'm <laughs> not. That, that is no, so long. That ago. is not an exaggeration. I thought like I like if I, I think I like I'd lost a contact lens, so I had no choice. Like you had to drive, and I, and I was like, I this is. I was so fucking afraid. I was so afraid. <laughs> Did you die? No, but I mean, it was close. Like it was. I was, no. I was no. one time I was in like high school and I stupidly got in a drunk driver's, the back of his pickup and he was speeding down the highway and I was screaming, screaming to be let out. Like I was like at like a, like a, like a high pitched scream to just walk down the highway. I was so afraid. That's the only time I've ever been more afraid than when you drove. <laughs> Which is funny and sort of ironic because you're you and I are kind of very much. I'm the, the same worst. Kind of, I'm the worst. Yeah. yeah. Right. Were you so for you to be afraid and not know and sort of understand the yeah. style of driving? It's a very aggressive style of driving. Yeah. I find uh, somewhat uh, stupidly fascinating. Remember when I drove through that guy tried to close the road and I drove through his cones? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotta get to a wedding. We still didn't Sorry. make it on time. Yeah. Nope. Anyway, <laughs> uh, enough about us and more about us. Uh, Chris, <laughs> yes. let's really start the show now with a little My bit of baseball talk. Baseball talk. Ooh. Baseball talk. Ba-da-boo. Baseball. Baseball. Um, if you're, this is the greatest day in the history of baseball. I or two days ago was anyway. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. I I don't know if you heard. I'm sure you did. Uh, the 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 baseball writers of a so baseball writer what is it B W W A A it's like wah it's like the baseball writers <laughs> association of America Not on this show <laughs> <laughs> they they uh they decided to no one met their criteria of seventy five percent majority vote right or pro votes yes votes to make it into the uh, major league baseball Not enough guys voted yeah. Right to to uh for one person, yeah. and not enough a high enough and a high enough percentage. Only uh, only Kurt Schilling was close. Yeah, with seventy one point eight percent. So there, for the first time since nineteen sixty, there will be no one inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, two questions for you. Okay. One conspiracy theory question: Is this intentional so they don't have to do an induction ceremony this year because of COVID? No. Great. Two. <laughs> is this the fu- is this like the best fuck you you've ever heard to the baseball writers association, the BBWAA? They fucked themselves because they refuse to vote in the best players in the history of baseball because of PEDs and now they get not- now there's nothing. For the first time in 61 years, they get They've they've shot themselves in the foot. Do you believe that? No. Wow. If I understand that correctly, no. You don't think they care? You don't think that they've like fucked themselves because they decided to not vote any steroid players in? No. You think they're fine with this? The writers themselves, yeah. Otherwise, they would have voted those guys in. Okay. So So, then why won't the Baseball Writers Association of America, the BBWAA, which is weird because baseball is one word. It should just be the BWAA. Yeah. Yeah, um, But it's the BBWAA. Well, that's how stupid this whole thing is. It's exactly right. Uh, they, they, They are petitioning the Hall of Fame board of directors to keep Kurt Schilling on the ballot for next year 
even though he's asked to be removed. So <laughs> they're definitely well, I scrambling. They're, I, think they're, I think they're just uh, uh, they're uh, they're just asking not to consider Schilling's request. Right. Right. How like they, he, they, there's no vote. Or there's no. There's no like the Hall of Fame or whoever kind of controls that idea to keep on the ballot. I, I don't think that's a, that's not an actual thing. Like that doesn't ever happen. To be removed. To be removed. So basically, like, they're saying on it's, the ballot. They're saying it's you know? not up to the player whether or not we vote them into it's this. Not up to the player, and it's not up to the baseball writers or the Hall of Fame itself. Like they just here's a list of names. They have eligibility. They're on this list. You either vote for them or you don't. Like that. This whole thing, I think, is it's a bit about nothing because there's no. This would be unprecedented for Schilling's request to be approved, and 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 then for the baseball writers to go like, no, no, we want you to keep him on. It's already sort of a preemptive like uh, hedge, which they don't really necessarily have to do. Okay, so Kurt Schilling, just disclaimer, is the biggest piece of shit on earth. But yes, this is an interesting human, concept yes. because let's say he does get in next year on the last year of his eligibility, he gets seventy five percent of the vote. He's yep. already said, take me off and just leave it to the veterans committee, which is when the players vote. Yeah. Now, if he gets elected next year, if he declined to accept the induction by the writers, mm -hmm. could his name then be put back into the pool for the veterans to vote? Um, that's a, that's probably a gray area where like he, like he, he might, can you, can you deny the acceptance of one group, like not to, like he would like say, okay, you've inducted me, but I don't accept. Well, no, because like some guy, didn't, who was it was uh, with the with the football, and I know it's a little different, maybe potentially, but with with and this is the gray areas I'm speaking of is, is uh, Terrell Owens was like declined to go to the ceremony, right, right, right. but he's still inducted he's still in the there. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, it would, so like Schilling would still technically be inducted. He's just not going to like be part of the ceremonies or sort of recognize the induction himself. But I don't think he, I don't think you get a go like, like, like if, if, you know, Pedro Martinez or somebody was like, Oh, you know what? I didn't ever like you writers. I don't want to be, I don't want to be inducted by you guys. No, I don't think it works that way. I think like he's inducted. Once he gets enough votes, he's, he's, he's in the hall of fame. Okay. Now, whether he wants to sort of be signified through that or like, those are little things that he's just going to, you know, Whatever. I, th that's why this whole thing is kind of silly and stupid in the first place. Anyway, well, it's, that, I mean, the Hall of Fame. Schilling's is... probably petty enough to sort of try to do stuff like this. I like it. I'm not against it. I fucking hate the Hall of Fame. It's it's. Uh, listen, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it makes I, no I sense. So so here the list of names. Like okay, put it this way. This is the simplest way to say it, and we'll, but we'll keep talking about it because there's multiple avenues here. I want to keep talking about. Okay. Fuck all of them. Fuck everybody. Yeah. Fuck, fuck all. Schilling, fuck the writers. Fuck the whole Hall of Fame. Yeah. The, I oh I totally I totally agree with that. I I the Hall of Fame is this precious stupid fucking thing and and finally I think that people are starting to be like why are why don't we have Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in in the Hall of Fame? Um but Cuz apparently cheaters are the only ones I know who, but they've let cheaters in. They've got fucking they've let Bud Selig in there. Like it, we've talked about this ad nauseum. The Baseball I, Hall of Fame is fucking stupid. Baseball's fucking stupid. Like they PEDs saved baseball. They should. These guys should be first ballot. If it, if it wasn't for them risking their lives, and they will inevitably pay the fucking price for doing steroids, for taking PEDs. Sure. They saved baseball. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens saved fucking baseball before they started taking PEDs and hitting fucking balls out into the fucking ocean. Your best player was the 
the old man of the year award was was fucking Cal Ripken Jr. trotting around fucking giving high fives in center field. That's all you had. A guy that went to work a lot. So for the baseball and it gave the baseball writers something to write about. Yeah, Sosa fucking McGuire was the most was the hottest fucking ticket. Fuck off, baseball writers, for fucking taking a holier than thou approach to this. Also, here's your fucking ballot after fucking Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. Scott Rowland, Omar Vizquel, B Wags, who also did Roids, Todd Helton, who also did Roids, Gary Sheffield, who also did Roids, and probably Andrew Jones and Jeff Kent, all of which are the most boring fucking baseball players in the world. That's what you got. Like, that's all you have. Like, maybe that's why you're keeping these people off of the ballot. Because after the after Bonds and, and Clemens are rightfully inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, you've got Scott fucking rolling. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. that's what you got next. It's, it's all, I guess, all to say, Chris, you're right. <laughs> fuck the players. <laughs> fuck the Hall of Fame. And especially... Fuck baseball writers. You might as well write fucking learn a learn a, a dead language. Like you're no one cares about baseball writing like at all. No, except for Jason Stark, basically. Exactly. But he, There's he a couple he, other guys, maybe. But maybe. still, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So here's my whole thing on this is um, I, I don't I don't necessarily. I, this is actually a good story, I think, for, for me, is that no one. This is the best thing that ever happened. I think it, 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 it's a positive that. Baseball's not just inducting these guys either, though. And this is sort of a weird sort of stance because of my overall take on this whole thing. But, like, I'm happy that no players were elected. Like, don't just force players in just to force them in. Don't force Scott. Like, and I'm speaking specifically of, of, of those guys who you just mentioned, like, below the, these, Todd these Helton? steroids guys. The great yeah, Todd, Todd Helton, Helton. Scott Rowland. <laughs> like, don't, don't just put those guys in because you're not going to vote for Bonds and Clemens and those guys, right? Like, so that's the one thing I do appreciate about this is that they're not just. They're not just going, hey, you know what? To fuck these guys, we're gonna like, in, we're gonna we're gonna vote these other guys in who really probably don't deserve it, right? Yeah. And so the other, but then to continue our take further is that you know what, Schilling shouldn't be voted on. You know, he, he I don't care if he gets voted in or not by the by the writers or Bonds or Clemens, but I think he they should get voted in by their peers afterwards by the veteran committee or whatever it's called. But like, I'm happy. Like, but, I don't care if Schilling's in the Hall of Fame or not. To be honest with you, there's far worse people, human beings, scumbags, or on the same level why as are the, Schilling why is are the writers over, the, the, over why, the history of baseball. Why are the writers... Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. Finish your point. Sorry. No, but there's... I mean, go back through the history. There's there's huge... You know, uh, the the commissioner, like, way back when was, like, the huge racist motherfucker Martin, who was not letting... Mountain Landis. Yeah, that guy... Kennesaw you know, like, Mountain Landis. One of the... Like, basically, a slave owner is in the fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. right. And there's multiple other guys who that are a little lesser knowns. And what's his name was the, uh, uh, the, the second baseman for the, for the Detroit Tigers, I think way back in the day, um, who everybody hated. He was an asshole, basically nobody liked, but he was a hell of a player and he made it in the, he made it in the hall of fame. So <laughs> wait, are so you, I, why can't I think of that fucking asshole's name? Wait, he's the Ty word. Cop. Ty Cobb. Um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. They made a movie about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, right, the guy gets Ricky a fucking Lee movie Jones made or about something. Him. Jimmy, Jimmy Lee Jones. What's his name? <laughs> yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So anyway, like there's, but there's plenty of other examples and stuff throughout history that those guys have made uh, the Hall of Fame because it's based on their it's based on their field performance, right? A performance on the field. Heaven, so, heaven is for angels. As much the as Hall I, of yeah, Fame is for as, baseball players, like this. As so, much as I don't like Kurt Schilling personally, he, the guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. I 
and the, and I think Peter Gammons actually was the person who he said was like he he voted for him and and but still acknowledged the uh the offhanded tweets especially the transgender hatred which is yeah. which is just <laughs> you got you got to be a, a special kind of person to hate that um I, so, I, but then, but then that's fine. I like this sort of this is sort of a uh, like a system of checks and balances here with this with this Hall of Fame vote is that you cannot get voted in, but and like who cares? But it if takes you ten fucking years. Why are right. the baseball writers the gatekeepers? Like, well, I don't understand that. Why are the baseball? Or why is it ten years? The end. But but even to that point, I who cares if it's ten years? Because you're still going to get in because of the players committee or the veterans committee. Or well, I mean, right? a lot of these a lot of these roid people maybe won't last that long. Well, that's fine then too. Oh, they'll go in posthumously. Right? That's happened before with a lot of guys and stuff. So, but there's even guys who've even shunned these guys before in the past and who never got in and was like, "Oh, f you to the writers. I hate them. I don't even want to get in." And then once they get elected in the Hall of Fame, they're the most elated, like happy people in the you know the planet and stuff. So it's like it's all for show for both sides of this. I took. I I'm a, I'm in agreement with you there as well. Like I think, I think it matter. I think the Hall of Fame is like the thing that makes you makes you matter like i think right. i think that a lot of ex-athletes have a really hard time finding a place it's, where they're appreciated so they mm-hmm. all thrive for the mm-hmm. hall of fame i think i mean there's a there are this the validation right of their greatness of, yeah of their ego their own ego of their own ego that's exactly right and you ha- and like listen you don't get me wrong you have to have you have to have an ego i think to, to be that great because you're, I mean, you're just basically sacrificing and pushing everything else off to the side, basically. Yeah. Right. I, to be that, I mean, and that's why Barry Bonds took steroids to to break the home run record. Man, he, like, he wanted his name up there. Yeah. For no other reason, he wanted his name to be at the very top of that list. Speaking of home run records, Chris, mm-hmm. do you think the guy that ran onto the field when Hank Aaron hit his record-breaking home run to beat to beat uh, Babe Ruth? Do you think that guy, uh, like every time it's on TV, is like that's me? <laughs> They're like, we know. <laughs> like, or do you think it like shows? You think he's actually got that framed? Like, I can pick. I can For probably sure. draw that guy in a lineup. I've seen him so many times. And like, wow, I could. You couldn't with his little floppy no. hair. No, no. I, yeah. I mean, that's because I, I, I don't pay attention to him. I'm just watching Hank Aaron. Oh, really, Hank Aaron? It looks like a grandpa. <laughs> he's yeah. like barely, barely rounding the vigs. I wonder if there's like a. I wonder if anyone's ever found that guy and like done an interview with him. Probably, like, but not in the last thirty years. <laughs> Maybe I could dig him up. Maybe see if you can Google that to see if that if there's any stories about. I'm that going that to about that dude. There will be a follow up. You really? He looks kind of like. Well, there actually, there's two of them. I think there's like the the Caitlyn Jenner guy, and then there's the guy who looks like he's the host of Hollywood Squares. They kind of like run up. <laughs> and like congratulate him and he he doesn't really make eye contact but he's cool about it like now those people would get punched yeah um, oh, for sure they wouldn't well they actually might make it out to the same like i, there, I don't think there's enough security to stop those guys getting on the field that this at this day and age actually the one guy looks like marty what's his name barris the guy that was the host of the gong show i, I got my gong oh. show host room. uh <laughs> chuck barris chuck barris chuck barris yeah uh-huh. uh Anyway, Chris, uh, did you have any parting words for uh, for Hammer and Hank? Did you did it did it touch we, you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it did. It did. Um, and and I, I'm not like an uber Hank Aaron fan and no. whatnot, but they but the the impact that he did have on on the game and and what he did and accomplished and achieved, 
I think is one of the it's one of the most important aspects of sports and, and sports history. It's true. I would I would even say um like I would, like, I would even say like forgetting like he broke the record. He broke the most infamous record, unattainable, unachievable, unbreakable record in the history of sports and the most you know the most uh didn't he, you know, have, didn't he play in the Negro League too? Didn't he? Like he didn't. Yeah, very. Even, I think for a very short time. Right, but that still means that's probably a season or two that he even yeah, didn't get yeah. to to catch it. Right. I think that's what pisses people off about Bond so much is that it broke this really important record. This record, record that and like, a barrier, right? And yeah. not just the record itself, but the accomplishment by who and, and a black person to do that and to, and to break Babe Ruth's record, who's the most coddled and, and glorified white baseball player of all time. Yeah. Like to me, that is hugely significant, you know, and that, that the fact that you, and, and I don't know if I always forget this, you know, for some reason, because of uh, Hank Aaron or all these stories though, that you, they always bring back about now when he passed or every year when he breaks the record or whatever, however they, they signify it and anniversaries is how much shit and abuse and, and, and torment he went through. And his family was basically in witness protection program for years. That's crazy. I did not know that. Right. And, and getting death threats and, and, um, and it was, it's insane. Like they basically his family and his kids, I think were saying they, they were basically living as prisoners. Do you, uh, of their own, you know, of their own accord in, in a way. Did you like, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't go anywhere. That's like crazy. that is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I, uh, so I, my, my only association with Hank Aaron a real association with Hank Aaron is when I was a kid, Nickelodeon during the day started rerunning uh, episodes of Home Run Derby for some yeah. reason. And yep. I watched every, I think it was only around for a season, maybe two. And I watched every single one of them. And they were old. They were black and white. I think they're from like early 60s, maybe late 50s. And, uh, and it was like, it was like Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays. And I remember Hank Aaron was like the nicest like sweetest guy, like just so, so like yeah. down to earth and humble and genuine. And I, and I, uh, I always really liked him. Like I, mm-hmm. I know that the show was like, I probably saw it 25 years after it was on TV, but I just always felt like a real kinship towards him because he was such a, um, a, a sweetheart, like just a really nice guy. Um, I, I saw him in a lobby one time. Uh, but I did not go up and say hi to him. But I did see. I didn't seem nice then too. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, I, he also was. I he him. was also affected by the, Yeah, but that, and that's nice. And that I think that's that kind of comes through because I remember that kind of too. Like him always being like really nice interview or guest or somebody. Yeah. Like you always hear him in an interview. You know, and he's like he just seems like a cool, nice dude. And he was. He's one of those guys. Wasn't he? He was. Ahead. He. Oh, I mean, to interrupt. I did keep doing this, but wasn't he? He he was a. Like he was like a. Um, did he do like a post TV? Like, did he have a TV career? Was he? I don't, I don't really think so. And I think, well, that was one of the things that he talked about. I saw in an article was that he actually sort of became, um, kind of turned off with baseball because, because after his career was kind of over, he didn't get many opportunities to like be a part of, uh, an organization, right. Or to, to, to go in the front office or get those kind of positions right. and whatnot back in those days. And it was, and he said, it was like all, the, all those players like himself and Willie Mays and all those guys never really, you know, Frank Robinson was one of the few, I think that actually got a chance to either manage or have some sort of leadership position in the front office and whatnot. So it was like, he's like, all we did for the sport and all the things we contributed and what we brought, and we, we weren't, we weren't, you know, given anything back in that sense. Yeah. Which is, is like totally unfortunate and sad. And so it was like all of a sudden, you know, he was talking about, I think of one, it's an old New York times article, I think, but 
he was saying he was like basically he was saying like fuck baseball then after after a while. That's a, right, and so that's incredible to me. That's a that's a you know there's a there's a bigger story there um, mm-hmm. that I would like to look into a little bit because I, I I never really considered it, but you're right. Like there are players that will become that especially after that era that became sort of like let's trot them out on you know whatever yeah. fan appreciation Senior day, day or whatever yeah, yeah. like I like yeah. yeah like here oh here's Kurt Flood you know. But right, like, but then they don't. They don't they really do. That. They don't really give them a chance or offer them a positions in the in the front office or yeah. or that's, you know it's it's really uh, it was you know and I didn't I didn't think about that I realized that before either I was I you always think like oh these guys just don't want to be maybe a part of this stuff and they want to move on but apparently you know that's actually wasn't the case you know back in the seventies and probably eighties and whatnot except for a few instances here and there. Well, did you did you see the uh, the also the other player that that died last week was a uh, Harthorn Wingo, who was a uh, he was a beloved New York Nick. Um, he played. He was on the. He was like the twelfth man on the last championship team they had. He was this dude wow. who like kind of played a little bit, like in North Carolina, like not in college, like just at, like play. He's from like deep North Carolina. Played in high school. After high school, he got on a Greyhound and came to New York and started playing at the Rucker. And then someone from the Knicks heard about him, and he had three seasons with the New York Knicks and won a championship, which is an incredible story. But then, but then after those three years, he went to he went overseas, went to Italy, had a decent career, and then apparently came back to the Knicks, and they were like they weren't even interested in like like and he was a fan favorite, like using him in the like let's bring him out kind of way, like he was just sort of abandoned, and then of course yeah. he, like he got into drugs and had financial problems, and and I, I don't know what like eventually happened to him, but I feel like there's. There's a great story that, like, I know it's a different sort of, it's a little bit of a different spin than than the Hank Aaron thing, but I just feel like there's, especially in that era, this, like, let's just chew them up, use them, spit them out. Yeah, like, that feels like a it. really good, like, deep dive documentary type of a story there. Hawthorne? Yeah, he's a... No, no, like, just... No, well, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah him, no, like, totally. I I totally agree with that. Like, the... the, the uh, the players of that era, the players and, of the era, and, that and how were they sort abandoned. of traded after their careers and whatnot? Yeah. That's kind of like it's almost the premise of uh, North Dallas Forty, but um, no, but a little bit. But that's but that's while they're playing. There's these are just players right. that realize they're just right. getting used as they're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you know. I, I, there's there's a side note here that I, I wanted because you just brought up this, the Nick story with Hawthorne guy. Is I was watching a replay of the Knicks the other night. Maybe it was early or late last week. And I think they were doing a tribute to him, but they didn't say, I didn't catch his name, but Clyde Frazier played with him, right? Yeah. Did he say effervescent? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> he was, was effervescent. And, uh, Mike Breed, well, Mike Breed was like, listen, he's like, I know you play with this guy. I, I don't know if, he, I don't know if he said they were friends or not. He's like, but you know, do you, what's your thoughts or do you have any thoughts or something? And <laughs> he rattled Clyde out a bunch like, of bullshit. Yeah. He was like, uh, yeah. He, he didn't remember him. this motherfucker at all. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of what my takeaway was. I was like, wow, does he like, did he not like him? Did he not have anything nice to say about him? It was, it was sort of, it was total stock, like generic. Just the generic you know, Frasierisms. As effervescent. Yeah, like, I bet you yeah, called him was, effervescent. Yeah, I, oh, he was such a good player. I liked, you know, he was such a joy to be in the locker room and all these things. And I was like, you, who are you? You don't even know who, I don't know who you're talking about. Do you even know who you're talking yeah, about? You, I don't think he did. Like, oh my God. I don't think he did. Oh boy. He's like, give him no identifying. I'm going to, I'm going to find, I'm sure there's no way to find it, but if I could find it, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Someone might, someone might have like caught it and, re- and put it like Walt, back on social Walt media or something. Frazier's got to go. It's time. It's time, <laughs> it might, man. It might, it might be. Like he doesn't even, he wasn't even talking during the game. And then, you know, Mike Breen was, was kind of doing the play by play. And then, and then every once in a while, there would be kind of a, like a two second pause. And then Clyde would just go posting and toasting. Yeah, just saying the same shit. He wouldn't shit. say anything else. Then. He wouldn't add like what the what the play just happened or do anything. He just he just do his whatever those are called euphemisms or yeah, whatever. Yeah, his euphemisms are they're long in the tooth. He comes up with no new ones, and he rep- yeah. he repeats the same ones over and over. It's just yeah. like I feel bad for Breen, man. It's it's time. I love the game, but I, I I mean I'm I over it, I I'm over Walt. I know it's not a popular opinion. Especially in New York, where people will keep people on and popularize them for far too long. See Donald Trump, uh, but uh, but Walt is uh, Walt. Walt's got to go, man. Let's just retire him before he turns it. Like that, yeah. it's reminding me of the last season of Regis and Kelly. Yeah, where, right. Where Regis would start repeating stories that he'd already said. Uh, he was forgetting names, and it, like. It diminished his like legacy a little bit for me yeah. as a viewer, as a real Ooh. fan, and I think that a real Knicks fan would would feel could understand where we're coming from. Like right. it was a good run. Let's get some. Let's get somebody interesting in there to like. It's to like call keeping these Patrick games. Ewing. I mean, they traded Patrick Ewing, right? But they they it, you can't keep your aging superstars forever, and like just to just to keep them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, let this guy just run his steakhouse or whatever the fuck, or bring, yeah, or, have or a, just join him, or bring this, him on for a couple games. So here the there, Sixers phasing him out or something. What the Sixers more. did, and this is funny, is like they used to put Jimmy Lineham in the in the booth. Yeah, um, and he sucked. Like he was the worst. But he was like yeah. part. It was he was a sh- like he's just what had been with the organization for so goddamn long. Right and now, what they do is they throw him in the studio yeah. and let him like introduce commercials on the local <laughs> broadcast, and like. He still sucks, and he's but, and just he's, just introing commercials. Basically, yeah. Like they'll be like they'll do like a real quick cutaway. They'll be like, "All right, so thoughts on the second half, Jimmy?" And he'll be like, "Yeah, it's bad." No, they're like, "All right, great." But uh, so what? What's up with Wendy's? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> so just do that to Clive. Just be like, "Yeah, the new deal at Models waxing and poaxing." <laughs> God, don't yeah, gotta I, go to you know most. what? Actually, that sounds like a kind of a good use of his. Just, just, just start phasing him out a little bit more, right? Yeah, let him talk like, about not, one what one player did, or let him just do a like a like a quick clip, like a quick highlight. And here's and here, you know, here's whatever. Yeah, do be the highlights of the night, just Clyde not highlights, just like yeah. the quarter highlights or the half highlights. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's don't yeah, the do high the, flying highlights of the night. Exact. There you go. You did it. Yep. Because man, it's it's tough to watch and like the, your point right there like here's this guy who has this amazing story <laughs> and clive was his teammate and he can't even come up with an anecdote like one like it didn't seem like it i there was i was I like mean, that's, that's prime story time that's yeah. prime story time that's where you go one time hawthorne like we saw him at rucker just lie at least lie just lie. Right. There wasn't anything that I think he i think he did he was like that there was that one game you know and it was, but it was so generic that i was like i you might not even be talking about the same guy here. Wow. Like you just, you're just, <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, Oh wait, that was Scott ruling. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it was really, it was really kind of awkward. And I, I, someone had to else have picked up on this or something. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. 
right. I don't know if is RJ watching every Knicks game. Is, is Cold Cuts watching every Knicks game? I don't know if they saw this or not. Maybe they can talk to Maybe. Add something is it, to is it point, time but. for it? It's quarter season. Is it time for a Knicks lament? Do we do this post-Super Bowl? I think they're too successful. I don't, I don't think we can have one. I know, but it would be... They, you definitely can. They stink. They stink. They're not successful. They stink. That's the best part. They're they so, don't stink that bad. Have you watched like them? Normal. This isn't like bad. Like this isn't. The, have you the, watched the, them, dude? They're just bad. They're they're they're, they're actually kind of boring. It's so boring. It's the most it's, boring yeah. basketball. Yeah. 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 Is it, I'm like, where's Zotrier? Where are the fun guys? They're all gone. Right. Yeah, they're all gone. Yep. They got rid of the Thibodeau fun. plays boring basketball. Yeah. He plays boring six and eight basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's worthwhile. And in fact, I I should I'm uh, we should probably get a old Vorkanov on the show to give his takeaway from the the quarter season because he'll actually have some in depth stuff that isn't just you know tib tib rubbing, which I'm sure <laughs> is all we'll get out of Cole Cuts and RJ. Just some, <laughs> some raw filleting of the tibs. <laughs> just the tib. <laughs> That's our new Nick's blog. <laughs> I mean, I hate to make myself laugh, but that was funny. Um, that was great. Was just the tip will definitely be the new segment on the Knicks. Weekly. Yep. Weekly. weekly. Yep. Oh, I love it. Do you have any other NBA thoughts since we're there? Uh, no. Although I just I saw the highlight this morning of, of the uh, the Lakers Sixers what game. What a game! Whew. It was a fun one. Um, my only takeaway is the foul on LeBron James it doesn't look that excessive. It was weird. So, like, I feel like MB just kind of fell more awkwardly than anything. It was a, he kind of got like he he kind of just like fucked up his, the landing. Like, yeah, I yeah, his feet kind of went to LeBron. A too far definitely to the side. gave him a gave him a shove, but it's like it was a I mean, I mean, I'll even debate that. It's not that wasn't really a. Sh- well, I it was it was pre- like I don't know what else you call it, but yeah, he put, I mean he throws his hands out and do his like midsection, but the, it wasn't like the the fact that he I think the only reason he I think the reason he got the flagrant I mean the the announcers were like losing their minds they acted like it was like an atrocity I was like and I'm a Sixers fan and I was like yeah. that was cheap but it wasn't like yeah. I don't know if Embiid really needed to fall down I think the reason he got the flagrant was because he like mad dogged him after. Like he mm-hmm. did, he didn't like LeBron didn't even flinch. He just stared down at him. Yeah, he did. He did a little staring. Yeah, I, and, that I was like, and, Ooh, okay, and that kind of, and then they, tr- then they kind of made it up by giving like, giving a Embiid a flagrant one for like a totally corny move, which was what? you know he threw his elbow at him. It was a flagrant, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what a, I don't know what a flagrant like a one is. or two. Or, yeah, because then I watched. Listen, I think they had to give LeBron a flagrant one. At yeah, least. they did. They did. I I but, I watched the the game after that, which was a really boring uh, Minnesota Golden State game. No, no, it was it was Suns? Yeah, no, it was Minnesota Golden State, and uh, Ubre got like rocked, and uh, and whoever I can't remember who hit him, but like he like a mark under his eye. He got a flagrant too and got ejected, but then immediately on the coming the other way, some white dude. Like on, on Minnesota, just straight up pushed Ubre to the ground and no call. Like they called a, a like just a just a, a standard foul. I was like, that's kind of weird <laughs> that the white guy didn't even like they didn't even review it and they just threw the black guy out of the game. 
There's a little, I was like, hmm, <laughs> it's a little, it's bizarre. I understand a superstar, maybe the greatest player of all time getting a flagrant one, but like. Also, they let him like plead his case. Like the refs like let, let oh, LeBron all he'd, sit there and like talk to him and wa- talk through it with him. It was and, like, crazy. Plays. Th- like, you can't do that either. You can't let him. Gasol got a foul early in the game and, and LeBron went and pled the case for Gasol. Yeah, I'm like, see, what? like this like is this is way too much. That, like, if the, you know, most players, maybe Embiid's probably in that category, they wouldn't allow them to just stand there and talk to them for five. No minutes fucking way. That. They wouldn't even make eye contact. Yeah, they tell them to like leave, walk away. They have to, you know, like that's that that's the kind of bullshit that I hate. That kind of stuff too, though. It's it's bad. Also, like the the jobbing the refs for like makeup calls is like one of my least favorite things about the NBA. But it's just it's never going away. The game itself, though, Chris, was fun. The Sixers hung tough early on. They almost gave it away because Doc is a weird coach and doesn't like review plays that are clearly reviewable. And also, like, there's a crash course for disaster with this Steph with this Seth Curry Doc Rivers experiment. For those that don't know, Seth's fucking Doc's wife or Doc's wife, <laughs> Doc's daughter. <laughs> which I don't know is that worse. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and it's, it's weird. (laughs) Yes. His wife would be way worse. Okay. (laughs) Just for the record. That would be way worse. I don't think he'd be on the team if that was happening. (laughs) Unless Doc approved it. Unless he. Doc's a cuck. Doc's a cuck. Is Doc a, does that make, does that make Doc a cuck dad? (laughs) A dad cuck. Cuck daddy. Oh yeah. man, Woo. Cuck Rivers. Okay. Can we call it? Start calling him Cuck Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. End the show there. Yeah, that's it. That's a wrap. Um, the Super Bowl is coming up, Chris. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I I don't, but. We you don't know this? Oh, yeah, the Super Bowl's coming up. Oh, do, how did we end up? How, do you know how we I'm end up? I'm all about baseball, Chris. It's baseball season. How, I, didn't even, I didn't even check because we don't have a game to do lines on this week. But did you? Did, how do we end up the playoffs with our records? Do you, do you, did you even like? Uh, no, nah, I didn't even bother. Did we win? Did we lose? I have no idea. I think um, eh, that's a tough one because uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'll, uh, I kind of just. Kind of just forgot about it a little bit. You I know? did too. That don't feel bad. I did too. So you had you had taken. We both took uh, Green Bay minus three and a half. Lost. Uh, you took Buffalo plus three. Lost. I got KC one. So you were zero and two, making you a total of five and seven in the playoffs. I was one and one, making me a total of two and ten. <laughs> so, not great. Okay. Uh, we'll no, do the Super Bowl prediction next week, but let's uh, yeah. let's let's talk about a couple props. Okay. Um, I as as listeners of your will know my favorite Super Bowl prop, which I have yet to uh, ever <laughs> successfully land, is the MVP prop, mm. which usually goes to a quarterback, and yeah. I think this year it's pretty much certain that if. Brady wins yeah. if the if the if Tampa Bay wins Brady wins it right like that's 
There's, yeah, there's there's no is there a unless world? Leonard Fournette runs for like 200 yards or something. There's no way Brady's not winning the, the MVP. Right. So I mean, I guess maybe there's a case for Gronk. Maybe if he if Gronk just balls mm. out at plus seven thousand, I wouldn't put money on it. No. But there are some fun. I I I mean, I think that you look no further than uh, Travis Kelsey at third plus thirteen hundred because I see everybody's really high on that guy. Um, Mahomes already won the MVP. I can see a world in where Travis Kelsey rattles off 150 yards, maybe a touchdown, and somehow sneakily gets the MVP. Do you see that world? Yeah, because I I do kind of see a world where it's where it's Kelsey gets 150 plus yards and like two touchdowns. Yeah, like I I do, and and I know I know Tampa is like pretty decent against tight ends. I think for the season, like they they're can't really just, you know, exploit them through the tight end position. But Kelsey's a whole different, you know, animal and beast, I think. And um I think he he might like the X Factor type of scenario there where it, it might be him where they just kind of keep going to him. Um and, and he's sort of the outlet and the and the kind of guy that just happens to be open more and more and you know and kind of yeah, there's there's not. A, I was gonna say too. Like I I want to stay away from the Super Bowl MVP because it, it's it's literally it's Mahomes or Brady. Like that's ninety nine percent sure that it's that it's those two guys. So if you want to um, bet, if you want to bet that, I think it's minus three thirty that just a uh, if you want just like a the bet that QB. just a QB wins, which is not yeah. great, but you could throw it into a parlay. It's I think it's plus two twenty if you want to say non QB. That's how. That's how much Vegas thinks it's going to be a QB. That you can like yeah. bet the field and get plus two twenty, which is pretty crazy. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't waste my money. That's even. That's even actually. I I would have thought that would have been a lot higher, bigger of a number. Yeah, it's too low two. to even make it worthwhile. I would sprinkle sprinkle a tiny bit on Le'Veon Bell at plus ten thousand because yeah. Le'Veon has been quiet, but he's healthy, and I can see like a him catching. Like just having that weird Super Bowl thing where it's like, oh my God, Le'Veon Bell ha- has his third touchdown, and you just have yeah. to look at him, right? Right, right. He's been quiet, right. and he has like a hundred receiving yards or something. Yeah, it's all, like all a- would be all receiving yards. But now, I- if you, now if you remember last year in the last Super Bowl with Kansas City, Mahomes won the MVP, but it was Damian Williams who kind of came on towards yeah. the end of the game, yeah. scored a couple touchdowns, and had some arguments to be made that he was probably the MVP and should have been the MVP. Right, but if that happens this year with Mahomes already as, having won the Super Bowl MVP, I think that there's a world in which they take that into consideration. Right, that's what I'm saying too. So the, yeah, there could be like like Daryl Williams with the Kansas City Chiefs might be, or you know, because like, you, you normally you would say like, I, I kind of like your bell you know, idea then too, because it's, I think it's one of those two guys and not Clyde Edwards Hilaire. No, it's not, it's not, a, strict, kind of, it's not a straight running back. Right, not, not right, happen. right, exactly. And it's it's someone that you probably aren't expecting. And I think those are, you know, with Williams, I think it's plus 4,000. It is plus 4,000. So, I like that. So too. there's a couple like long shot-ish kind of things like that. And that's why I kind of like, you know, Fournette is, he's plus 2,500. Um, he's been catching the ball a lot as of late. And, and you know, he's decent at it. He makes a lot of drops too. But, he you know, he could be the guy that, you know, somehow scores a couple touchdowns in Playoff running or Lenny. passing. Um, who? Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. <laughs> He's only good in the playoffs. <laughs> like I, yeah. So like, there's a, there's some scenarios there that, yeah, you, like it's, it's more, 
it's easier to see w- and more diverse with the Kansas City Chiefs players to do that than than say the the, the Tampa Bay. I team. just don't think anybody but Tom Tampa gets it if Tom. Yeah, he's Tampa. not. It's the storyline. Like if, yeah. if they win this game, his tenth it, fucking it's, Super Bowl. It's, it's like ugh. yeah, he's he's getting this, which is actually there's, so. There's another um, there's another bet I saw actually on DraftKings, which I think ties into this and is somewhat interesting. And I think if there's if there's a year that this would happen, it's going to be this year because of the two quarterbacks and how big and how well they play in the season is an MVP from a losing team. Oh shit. What's that? Do you know what the odds are it's on that? Plus if, if it's yes, if there is, it's plus 5,000. Dude, I love that. That's so even if f- like Tom Brady loses or the Tampa Bay loses this game, if he has a really good game, yeah, loses I like last minute, they just give him the MVP. D- imagine if, I mean, it's a very Bruce Arians move to lose like a close game where it's just a QB battle. Yeah, and, and it's just right. Yeah. He has like 400 yards, and like his numbers touchdowns. are better than Mahomes. I, dude, that's a fun one. I like that. I would. I'm, I think that's a sneaky good one this year. I love that bet. Good, good mm-hmm. on you. Um, thanks. Do you have any other props? I've got a. I've I've got the the only one I've really looked at is um, because fucking DraftKings sucks and they don't let you parlay prop bets for some reason. Uh, I've looked at a TDs just to score a touchdown in this game, and again mm-hmm. I'm looking at longer odds here. But I I I like a uh, AB at plus two twenty five, yeah, and I like uh I like Scotty Miller at plus four seventy five, mm-hmm. and I also like Tom Brady at plus four fifty because Tom likes to QB sneak. It could happen. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. I Tom Brady touchdowns is it's not a given necessarily, but they, that's all they do when you get them. They get down the end of the end zone and the goal line they're going to try a QB sneak at some point. Yeah. In time. That's like plus that's, 450. I, I, that's, a, that's just like to score. That's huge. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Even if it's like, I was even thinking there's ones that were like to score the first touchdowns or something. Uh, I can't. Those, I don't know if feels, I actually, those feel so fluky unless you know, like unless you're like an offensive guru and you're like, Oh, I know how they're going to game plan. And here's what I, here's what I think that like, if you, I mean, if you've really like paid attention to like trends and like what, like, like for example, like who scores the first for either one of these teams and why, then maybe bet that who scores last is the stupidest bet. And like, you're just throwing yeah. a fucking dart at a dartboard. So there's no, yeah. there's no value in those. Do you have any thoughts on who scores first? I, I really, I no, I don't, and 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 that's the thing. But I think that ties in with with the with the Tom Brady like sort of touch. Like if you want to if you want to find one something like that and try to and try to go big and a long shot there, you know, I think like a Tom Brady thing like there because of the QB sneak capacity yeah. or, or probability is I think is something that is worth just sort of like, yeah, you're gonna throw some money down. You know, you're gonna lose, but you know, if you want to shoot big, that's that's something to consider. Stuff like that. You could also do a any other Kansas city chief or any other Ca- Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, chief is three twenty five bucks is plus 400, but the field is huge. So I, that I just wouldn't, it's not worthwhile for me. Like just too many players. It would have to be like a punter scoring a touchdown <laughs> or like an <laughs> offensive lineman, you know, like, Oh, this guy's eligible, which I don't think either one yeah. of these teams really fucks with that. Uh, there is, a, I saw there is a bet for that really? uh, offensive lineman scoring a touchdown this game or something. Oh, um, which is kind of like, all right, you know, it's kind of, that's kind of a fun one maybe because maybe Andy Reed, I, I don't know him ne- necessarily, maybe Tampa Bay, not so much. I don't know if they do that kind of stuff, but I, you know, I could kind of see maybe Andy Reed doing that a little bit. I don't know if a guy did it last season or they tried to at least in the Super Bowl. 
I think I they like tried. There was, I think they, there's some yeah, history there. I, I think there's history. I uh, yeah. I, I would also say Godwin up getting two touchdowns is also fun at plus eight fifty. I yeah, I feel like it's it's either him, maybe Antonio Brown, or like there are probably the only two best guys to get multiple touchdowns in this game for, about, for Tampa Bay. What about Gronky. No, I no. He's just he's not getting it. Like you watch the last couple games and stuff. He's just not getting enough like uh, attempts and volume really. Like he he had the one big play in the last game, which was huge. Um, but that's kind of what he's he's kind of there, there's there's too many the, the focus is on too many other guys. There's and too many other mouths to feed. Bray, and Gronk is sort of just the backup outlet kind of. Bray thing. is kind of Brady's new dude anyway. Yeah, he's too like Scotty Miller, you know, now a little yeah. bit too more. So again, Leonard Fournette might you know he might be. I think he'd be the third guy in line I'd consider for two touch for multiple touchdowns from from the Bucks. You liked that a couple of weeks ago too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I just you when you watch the games, you kind of see the potential there a little bit. They they throw it to him like again, they throw it to him a fair amount out of the backfield. If he breaks one of those or it's close to the goal line or something where they do a little swing pass, um, you know, play action stuff, and all of a sudden he's out in the flats and the in the end zone. You know, there's I, I there's just potential plays there is what I'm I kind of look at and see, and and to me that strikes a chord. Is there any other props that you're enjoying? Uh, yeah, there's um, so total players to attempt to pass over oh. two and a half is is plus one forty. Okay. So, um, I think I don't know if that's total for the game for the games for both teams. That's great because what if someone gets injured? Does that does that all you need is one yep. person to get injured? Yep, basically. I yeah. love it. Or one trick play, which eh, both fuck teams a trick will play. Do. I have to brew for an injury. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh the other the couple other ones i noticed too is total touchdowns in quarter first quarter yep over one and a half is plus 112 Ooh, these are good these are good plus and that one i was thinking is like you could maybe not with DraftKings, obviously but if you could put that one in with a parlay yeah you gotta go you gotta go over to FanDuel. yeah that's fine but then you get to get you increase your odds or whatever your payout a little bit better on that one because 112 is i mean it's not great but it's still that that's a i mean still it's positive money there necessarily you know yeah um and over one and a half like two touchdowns in the first quarter like both teams could easily score a touchdown in the first quarter i feel like yeah i d- definitely that's I, I think I, both teams start pretty hot pretty you know pretty good i completely uh, agree i completely agree yeah. I, I i you saw things tighten up uh at least the tampa bay green bay game like in the second mm-hmm. half a little bit like you just i don't know i think you're right um do you have any thoughts well, on those games by the way did you enjoy them <laughs> i uh, sort of, but I knew I was losing my bet, so I, I probably didn't enjoy as much as because <laughs> the outcome wasn't what I wanted. But uh, Buffalo, Buffalo hung on there. Um, Boo! They fucking sucked. Like for the first quarter, right? Yeah. Right, and they, I think that what they were even up ten nothing, and I was like, oh, all right, this this is probably gonna be a game here. They're gonna make a game, and then it just. It just turned. It showed you like how a really great defensive coach can mess with a young quarterback. Um, well, you know what? I d- I just saw two young white quarterbacks like shitting the bed on opportunities when they should have been more more aggressive, kicking field goals, not going for it on fourth down. And I was like, you know what this sport needs? More young white coaches. <laughs> I I just can't wait till this league has no black coaches left. Like then it's going to be perfect and they're all like in their mid 40s and they all look exactly the same. Like that's yeah, what I their want. Visors and their visors. Five, six o'clock shadow. Yeah. I'm like, Five yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, that's, I'm sorry, but like this league has just been too diverse for too long. And I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a shame that players like Byron left or ex players like Byron Leftwich and Eric B like are, are trying to be good at coaching. 
yeah. should just give up. Yeah. This league should only have white middle aged coaches that that did fairly well on another well, think, on another think, team or a college team. I, I think I, I know I know your f- new favorite team going into next year then, Chris. Oh, who's that gonna be? Is it the is it the uh is it the Lions? Nope. Oh. It's close. But no, they have a little diversity in their coaching staff, unfortunately. Oh. The one team so far who doesn't have, I don't think, any is your Philadelphia Eagles. Great. Do they have an unproven head coach? <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yep. And all and like five or six hires already who look exactly, exactly like the the head coach. That's wonderful. I mean, down to the haircut, the body type, build, the face. Cool. Like everything. I bet they wear those. I think those, they all wear visors. I bet they wear those shoes that I can't remember who makes them. They're like dress shoes, but they have like Nike soles that are like white on the bottom. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Cole Hans. Cole Hans, yeah. I bet the, all those dudes rock Cole Hans. Like mad, just loving the Cole Hans. They're like date night. They're dressy, but they're comfy. <laughs> Some chinos. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a chino crew. That's the chino, the chino crew. crew. The chino crew. It's fucking a disgrace. I don't. I, we're too far into the show to get to go down this, and it actually should be a top of the show topic, not buried in the last hour, but or the last minutes of the hour. But I'm so, I, 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 I'm even shocked at how fucking blatant this is. Like I and so I expect blatant. nothing from the NFL. Yeah, I mean, this was even yeah. Like I blatant is a perfect word. Yep, yep. But let's That's talk about. Perfect. I would like to go into it a little deeper. Um, once I have my wits about me, because right now it's just pissing me. It just, yeah. it just that, although I will say, if there is one guy to root for now, apparently, and everything I've been reading this morning about the Texans actually hiring uh, uh, a head coach and uh, David Cully, I think is his name from from the Baltimore yeah, Ravens. Yeah, uh, seems like you know he's he's a he's a dude you you kind of hope and you root for, and actually to be successful, even though he's pro- he's put in probably the worst and the most horrible position possible and team possible to succeed. But, um, it sounds like, you know, this guy is actually like a pretty cool dude and people love him and, and players love him and stuff. And he actually, he actually might be a good coach. And so as long as they ain't wink fucking Martindale, the guy who stole <laughs> another guy's fucking nickname, which is crazy. <laughs> you don't just get to be wink Martindale. Yeah. Guys, a goddamn Come legend. On, it's only one wink. Yeah. I'll be like Jamie Presley being like, I'm Elvis Presley. Like you don't get to just steal a man's name <laughs> as your nickname. You fucking asshole. I fucking hate Wink Martindale. Chris, can I tell you how I ended up hedging my uh, KC bet before we go? Oh, please do. So last week, you might remember, I was like, I need to hedge because I had Green Bay and Tampa Bay in futures, right? Mm. I've got them both to win the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay wins, which is good for me. I had more money riding on that. Uh, But I wanted to hedge KC before the game was played because they were plus 220, and I wanted a little bit of action on them to win the Super Bowl, but I wanted to hedge it up. So, so what we had talked about was betting the Lakers uh, and parlaying it the Lakers game that night. Well, that's right. Yeah, we had talked about doing that parlay, uh, which would have boosted it up to 480. Smart parlay because the Lakers won. Unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't satisfied with just the Lakers, and I threw a taste on, I don't fucking know, pit basketball or something. Make it a three team parlay, lost. So then I chased, and all week I fucking put the, the Casey into a, a parlay with an NBA game and lost every fucking NBA game. Like I couldn't get there. I couldn't get those, those odds up. 
So then fucking finally Saturday night, I'm just like, fuck it. <laughs> I still don't have a futures bet on KC to hedge. And at this point, I've put $100 into it and lost every bet. So I got to go big, right? Oh, okay. So what did I do? I took the Brooklyn Nets money line <laughs> against the Heat uh, oh. at minus four, 345 won it but that wasn't it i wanted more i wanted to get these i had to make it worthwhile i had to boost it up at that point kc was plus one 190 so i went big and i put justin poirier to beat conor mcgregor at plus 250 i've never seen either one of these people fight in my life but i didn't like the way that mcgregor was being like just banding around being all like Mr. Mr. Fight Island guy with his mm-hmm. shirt off. And I was like, this reeks of Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. he just, he's just flossing way too hard. And I bet Poirier's been in the gym. Plus, a Poirier, a Poirier McGregor Three is going to be great for UFC. I'm going to ride this. So, I, so I, I get my parlay up to a place where it's a three pick parlay at plus 1200. Poirier wins, and now all I need is Casey. My my hedge is safe. I got it there. <laughs> now the Casey is is the money line. Casey, yeah, it's a money line. So they just have to win the game. They don't. Have to, so if Casey wins, I'm in, and if Big. Tampa Bay Big. wins, I'm in. So I don't have to do shit. I don't have to bet on the game. Like I, <laughs> I chased Chris. I chased. I chased really hard, but I got there. And uh, yeah, I got. I'm, I'm gonna. Proud of you. I will make genuine money regardless of who wins so thank you it was a little it was a it was a it was a lot a long slog and it was hard to get there and man i was ready to tell the story of how i fucking lost two hundred dollars chasing a hedge but i didn't i got i finally got it there thanks to mr dustin poi 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 i don't know i don't know louisiana man it was my biggest regret last week doing the show is that we didn't bring this topic up and i had it sort of in my notes and i didn't share it with you ahead of time though was that I just had a feeling the same way you did that McGregor, like once these, once these UFC guys get beat and like knocked out or, or submitted or whatnot, they're, they're basically done. Yeah. It right? breaks like them. they can't continue that success that they had. Like they lose their edge. They lose whatever it is that they have. And once those guys lose, they're, they're never the same. Yep. I didn't even and, have and, that and take, and that's a good too, right? Cause it would happen to uh, Ronda Rousey and oh, stuff well, too. Yeah. Right. And it's like, they just can't sort of come back to that way that they were. And so I was like, I wanted to go, I wanted to talk about going all in a Poirier and laying that. Cause I saw those odds too. And I was like, I just had a feeling I had no, I had nothing else. I, I didn't read anything. I didn't watch anything. I just but, like you just like McGregor too. And you know, who he thinks he is and what he's about. And then I happened to see the one story. I didn't actually read it though, about how he trained just for his, like his endurance, uh, in, in Portugal or whatever. Cause he thought he couldn't last time he, he couldn't go that many rounds or whatever, so he just wanted to get his in his conditioning up. Well, he and maybe only had that to go took away two from him, him, you know, f- focusing on actually his fighting abilities and I, practicing and doing that training. I did. I so I watched the the highlights of the fight because once I know it's over, I can watch it. I just can't yeah. watch it because it stresses me out. It's too gross. But once it's over, I can watch it pretty easily. Um, he, Connor's got great hands, man. He should he should really just get back in the in the boxing ring. I I do I. I think there's a real future for him there. He he's he landed some awesome punches, um, and I think maybe he just should just focus on that. I I don't know. Yeah, fight Jake Paul. 
Exactly. I mean, yeah. think of how much money is in that for it. He's going to make so much money doing that kind of stuff and not doing UFC shit anymore. Yeah. Although you're right. He, like the round three of this fight is, is probably great for everybody and make some money and stuff. But yeah, that was, um, it was a great, that was a great move by you of, of, of picking up on that too. I think, and actually putting some money down on that, um, and, and winning that. That's, that's what, that was a, that was, it was a, I was proud of you for doing that because was, I, I, we, I wanted to talk about it for the, for the, for the show. And we, I totally forgot and sort of let it go. Who doesn't love and, a three uh, sport parlay either? It's just boom. the best. It's the best. Right? A three sport parlay is the, is my fucking favorite. <laughs> it's the degenerate trifecta. I just, <laughs> I just love it. You're going to go to it. It's your, it's your wheelhouse, I think. <laughs> can I? Can we circle back on the first touchdown score things? Because I actually had some. I actually had some things in my let's notes. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up on that. Let's do. Let's. I, yeah. I, Didn't mean. I to wanted to run this by you, and this is probably the epitome of bad gambling. But but just sort of hear me out. I'm all about it. Is is this is sort of the ultimate hedging for for touchdown score first touchdown scored in the Super Bowl. Okay. So whoever scored. So I noticed that there's sort of a there's there's sort of a trend that there's a there's a group there's there's a few players kind of kind of grouped close together on the on the on the um on the first on the odds, right? So it's like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are both like plus six hundred. Yep. So if you if you bet you know if you put ten dollars on that, I'm or both. put you know, ten dollars on each guy, as an example, it's a pretty big payout where you're you're more than covering if yeah. either of those guys happens to do it. Right yep. and score the first touchdown. You pay. You pay for your bets. You more and then you, and then you and, and you know yeah more than pay and you can almost even kind of do a few more guys in line with that. You could find a few more guys, but the problem is that like the payouts aren't all the same for each odd. So you you if like if Kelsey wins, but you you throw down ten bucks or each on like five or six players, you're not getting as big of a payout back. Yeah, which is unfortunate. But so I don't know how to like group this necessarily except for this way is that Kelsey and Tiger are both plus six hundred for net. Evans and Godwin are like right just over plus 1000. They're just 12, it's 1050, 1100 and 1300 respectively. Okay. So like, do you, do you kind of group those three to kind of together and try to take your shot that way? You know, and then there's like the, the three long shots. I think to me, like we talked about was Daryl Williams, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire and Antonio Brown. And both, all those guys are like over plus 1500 okay. and higher. Right. And so like, do you sort of, or do you kind of like take one from each kind of group and knowing that you won't get as big a paid out as like if Kelsey does it, but then if it's like Godwin or Fournette or, or Antonio Brown, then you really get a big sort of payout. And sort of how do you, you know, is, the, is, there, a, is there sort of a, a, a ultimate group hedge there with like, mo, like you take I think like you'd have to go dudes. five or six players on this. Yeah, though, that's right? a, too. I think if you're going to do a group hedge like that, which is fun, but also can be super disappointing because I do it all the time. Sure. Uh, I think you throw, I think you got to throw Mahomes in there. Just because okay. his ability to scramble, um, but his odds are. Um, here's what I would. It's plus two twenty or plus twenty two hundred for the first touchdown right. score. So I think for Mahomes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I see what you're saying there. Uh, and then and then I I what I would do is here's what I would say, if you're gonna do a bet like that, keep the running backs out of it and just do just do receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks, um, for first touchdown score, and then. Okay. Just because you're like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like the first touchdown isn't a ground and pound touchdown. I just feel like it never is, and so I, I would go. I, I think. Well, that's, then you would definitely throw Tom Brady in there because if he gets the quarterback sneak. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think I'd go QBs, tight ends, and and and, yeah. I'd, and I'd probably pick like eight of them. You know, just put eighty dollars yeah. right. down, right. and then, uh, or no, I'm sorry, I put like sixty dollars down down right it's pick six because if you're if you're including hill and kelsey you'll lose money i don't know fuck it 
Maybe just have them cover your bet. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like those two guys. Like, do you keep that separate or do you do a separate? That's a separate bet. That's a that's a separate bet. That's what I would right. do. Yep. Yeah. That's your answer. Okay. Hit those okay. guys as a separate bet, and then I fucking just rope in like do a big one, yep. a big one with all do the, the longs, yeah, with the QBs and the and the receivers, and then okay, then don't don't come complaining to me when Leonard Fournette scores the first touchdown. <laughs> 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 all right chris i won't i somehow we managed to make this even longer than we should have uh super it's it's super can't wait to talk next week about this super bowl yeah <laughs> it's a super show see you later sucker <laughs> bye <laughs>